Well, shit to bed, everyone, and welcome to the very first regular scheduled episode of 2023 for Conversations with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Shelby Green. And today, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, swig of Coke from a tumbler for the working man. Ah, that's good. So, first scheduled episode. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy 2023 to everyone out there who listens to this show. Happy to myself, my family, my friends, and everyone else around me. So let's talk. So obviously I started the year off yesterday by getting off work and, uh, well, the end of 2022. Got off work that morning and came home, napped for a couple hours, got to watch Louisville play Kentucky. And Louisville got beat yesterday. It is what it is. And I'm recording this on a Monday, as you guys, a Monday, and this will be dropping on a Wednesday. Basically, I hate losing my rival. I hate it. But it, I know Kenny Payne is in a situation where he was left with a bunch of scraps to the point where it's like, whatever. You know, Jay Wright called the game, and he said it best. Kenny Payne was left with a situation where, you know, he couldn't recruit. We had sanctions coming. I And my dad and I, we had a conversation for the game yesterday. And he told me, basically, and he actually was, I have a special announcement at the end of this program to tell you about next Wednesday's show. Um, Dad and I were talking, he said, best, if the allegations, if Kenny Payne came into the job and they had allegations coming within the first or second year we're recruiting, Kenny Payne probably would have landed some guys and this team would have had some guys for this year. He did add Huntley Hatfield. He was able to get some guys, but really think about it. There are certain guys that he could have got in certain situations that he we couldn't need. We need another ball handler. We Louisville really needs what this team really would need is a guy that can play the three or the four, that can get his own shot, that can create, and they need another ball handler. That could really help them. Yesterday, Louisville got killed on the glass. Got killed on the glass. That killed him. And Jacob Toppin exploded yesterday. You know, Hats off to Kentucky. They beat us. I still hate them. They hate us, and that's how it rolls. But I'm going to give the devil his due. They beat us. It is what it is, man. I can't you know, I can't explain it. I can't – you know, everybody's on Kenny Payne. You can't coach effort. You know, they got the lead down to eight points yesterday, three times yesterday. Got, they kept fighting and fighting and fighting. It's just they can't sustain things. They turn the ball over. They start off – you know, Kentucky start opening the game up on a 12-2 run. And Louisville fucking responded. You know, I had a guy text me yesterday saying, man, Louisville play with some effort, this and that. I said, don't worry about Louisville. I said, worry about your own damn team. I'll worry about Louisville. You worry about your own damn team. I don't give a damn what you think. You know, I got all these, you know, I got these Indiana fans that were in my inbox yesterday talking shit. You know what, dude? I'm not going to sit there and bash the coach and do this and run my mouth and try to run guys out of town because that's not what I do. I'm going to root for Kenny Payne because I know he's going to turn this program around. I know he does. Kenny Payne is going to turn Louisville basketball back to where it was. I know what he's going to do. He's going to play positionless basketball. He's going to have a big here and there. But you know what he's going to do? He's going to get guys that he knows that can play. He's going to bring the Denny Crumb style back to Louisville, and it's going to work because Denny was doing shit in the 80s and 70s, the 70s, 80s, 90s that they do today. Positionless basketball, get up and down the floor, you know, 6'8 to 6 forward length across the floor. That's what he's going to do. You know, I was sitting there thinking about, you know, yesterday watching him, and I'm sitting there looking at Sidney Curry. And, you know, Kenny Payne came in thinking 
Okay, this team won 13 games last year. We can build. Maybe we can build also. We got to get some guys. He lost Matt Cross, lost Sam Williamson, lost Dre Davis. Now, I will say, Dre Davis probably could help us in some spots with ball handling and stuff. The problem with Dre Davis, and I really think this, the issue I have with Dre, Dre couldn't shoot his inconsistency from the perimeter. Now, it probably could help us a little bit, but it is what it is. He could help us with his ball handling stuff, but he couldn't shoot. So, how can you negate that? Sam Williamson with rebounding could really have helped us because he could clean the offensive glass. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, to me, is the next great forward at Louisville you can build around the program. He is that talented. And, of course, he had he was our leading rebounder yesterday with four rebounds. The, the, his, the issue with Louisville, it's hard to build chemistry when your three captains of this team consistently have been issues. Eli Ellis, I'm going to give him a pass because Eli, it's not his fault. It's not his fault, man. He's he's asked to do a different position, do something differently, and he's turned into a hell of a point guard. He had to score yesterday. He kept his composure. He played well in the passing lanes. I'm proud of Eli. Eli played the best game I've ever seen him play at Louisville yesterday. Now, I know he had two assists, but he had one turnover. I'll take it. Sidney Curry, to me, I really believed in Sid. But what scared me about Sid was a six foot seven, six eight big that's heavy like that. Can he move in a system where it's a dribble drive offense? The ball is constantly moving. Can he keep up? And he can't. He's out of shape. And it showed yesterday he got pumped. Like, what are you doing, Sid? I thought his when I saw him play at Western two weeks ago, when he played at Western with energy and Florida and with him rebounding away, I'm thinking, okay. And then the other night against um, you know, Play Lipscomb played well, but it was like, really, dude? Seriously? You know, it's like, come on, man. And then the, you know, NC State down the road, he he no showed that. It's like we need more consistency. Like, come on, Sid. And then the other night, he just got punked. He showed flashes in one thing, got an offensive rebound, a put back. That was it. He let Oscar Squidboy just shove him out of the lane. Huntley Hatfield was the only guy that gave a problem. Huntley, when Huntley guard Oscar, he did a really good job on him. Then let's talk about Jalen Withers. Withers is not the type of guy that I thought he was going to be. Jalen Withers had so much hope and promise. And he it's like he shows up, beginning of the year, he plays well, plays well here and there, and he's just like, what are you doing? I'm going to state this. Huntley Hatfield, Fabio Basile, Mike James, who I really believe is going to show up. Mike James showed spots what he can do yesterday. His athleticism is coming. With you come off an Achilles, it's hard. So Mike James, there's three. Kamari Lanes is a bucket, man. You need Kamari. Devin Reed is a freshman, long, lanky. Play him. There's five guys right there. That core of five guys you can build around with this program and add pieces to it. Roosevelt Wheeler can be. He just – I don't know what it is with Rose. I like Rose. Rose has good hands. He plays one well spots, but I think he gets lost sometimes defensively. I like Rose. So he can play six. J.J. Trainer, man, God, I'm so happy for J.J. He's playing his ass off. J.J., you know, he's a Louisville kid. His dad played a Louisville. I want J.J. J.J., I want him to come back. That's seven guys. Those seven guys – you bring in and you can get some – with the two freshmen that got coming in with Caleb Glenn and Curtis Williams, and you bring in – who are wings, and you bring in maybe – you get a good guard, a good combo guard to help lead this team 
and another guard to come in and start and lead, then you have what you have. You bring in their 11, 12 guys with that. Hersey Miller, I like Hersey, man, but it, it's just, come on, man. He was brought in to help out just to fill the roster, I think. Zane Payne, he plays well, man, but he's a graduate. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a walk-on, I think, I believe. I might be wrong. So, No. And then you turn around, you got guys like, you know, you know, and then, of course, the, the three guys not mentioned, you know, Sidney, you know, Sidney Curry, senior, he'll be gone. Eli Lowe's, if he could get an extra year of eligibility because of COVID, I would like to see that and him come back because I think he could score and he can help take him off the ball a little bit. But Jalen Withers, I think it's just Jalen's a junior. What else? He's a junior at this point. Like, are you going to get any better? Jalen Withers could easily been one could easily look at him and be like his talent, he could be great. And of course, look what happened. It's unfortunate. It is highly unfortunate what happened. It is what it is. On to the next one. You know, Kenny Payne is you know, you know, I see people online, you know, talking about he he don't know how to coach. He's he got his head over his head. Let me tell you something. Louisville is Louisville. It always will be. But let me be real clear. It's very hard to get a top-tier coach like you think you're going to get because of what happened, what was going to happen with these sanctions. Who would want to come take the job? If those sanctions came out and we were over this shit, Eric Munson of Arkansas, who I, if I, we couldn't get KP, that's who I wanted. He probably would have answered the phone. Ed Cooley from Providence probably would have answered the phone. Fucking look at um, your boy who was doing at UConn right now. His name is God Almighty. Uh, Dan Hurley. Look what he's doing at UConn right now. You don't think he could come in and do something? Now, Kevin Willer going to Maryland. Mm, I don't know. That That's different. I know he, he – I don't think he would have took the job because Louis Tino. Cronin, same thing. We need consistency right now. The same thing what's going to happen with football with Jeff Brom. And we're talking about college football here in a little bit. But with Jeff Brom, Brom is hitting off the ground running. Look what he's doing right now. And he's going to turn, and Louisville's going to be a problem in the ACC. I'm going to tell you why here in a minute. If Louisville can just get two good guards next year to go with the core that I stated that stays, and you get another, um, you get, um, and you get, you know, you, with those two freshmen, and maybe you add like a good big to that, you can win 2023 20, games and you can build off that. You can build off that and get going. But these guys in there like Ethan Moore who has his own radio show that, you know, he thinks so much about trying to tell people, no, nah, we need to make a tournament next year. It needs to be a magic fact. You need to be doing this and that. Dude, you never played a game in your life and everything else. Shut up. Now, I understand there's some educated fans in Louisville, and I understand that there will be, you know, there's some heartaches. But like Kenny Payne sounded December 9th, I want the real Louisville fans that are going to fight through adversity. And he told you guys. And I should have listened to him, and it was my fault because I came out and said they were going to win 20, 25 games, and I was, I'm was i dead-ass wrong on that, and I'll admit that. Because I thought I saw the length, the size, and what they could do. I thought, yes. But I didn't expect Sidney Curry to come in overweight. I didn't expect that we didn't couldn't get another ball handler in time either. And I didn't expect, you know, the it's a hard thing. And I really believe that there was a culture shock. Here comes, you know, you had this last year with Mack and all the renaissance and bullshit and Malik Williams' issue. We're going to talk about Malik here in a minute because I feel like, not, you know what, I'm going to get it out of the way. The whole thing that happened last year with Chris Mack 
I always point the finger at Patino because he let the program get out of control. He didn't Patino didn't do anything wrong. He hired a couple guys that ended up screwing him, and it's unfortunate. Dino Gadotti, Dino, Dino, I can't say his last name, but the guy who Chris Mack hired, Dino. Dino got mad because Mack saw that the program was getting stale and he had to do something. He fired Luke Murray, and he. He fired Luke Murray and, of course, um, Dino. Dino goes in there and threatens to say, you committed recruiting violations and everything else and all this other bullshit. And Mac recruited, put him on a wiretap, recorded the conversation, turned it into the, the university, turned to Tyra, who was the athletic director. The president says, well, he didn't get the school involved, so we need to suspend Mac. Dino is extorted, gets arrested, and gets charged with a, a fine and gets and gets put away. He's fine. He's done. Put away. Gets gets cleared. Matt gets six games, suspended, loses that fucking team that had a lot of talent around it that could have been something if, with the right chemistry around it if they had been screwed with. And look at the program now. That right there is what's the reason why. And Kenny Payne is here to pick up the scraps of this. And you motherfuckers out here... Part of my... Now, fuck that. It's my show. You motherfuckers out here can't see that. That's the fucking problem. Why would anybody want to come to that? Yes, I understand we are a prestige. Yes, we got 10 Final Fours. We got three national titles. We got over 700 wins. Tournament wins. We got everything in this world. But let's be 100. And let's be honest. The program is not in the best shape. It takes consistency. And look what happened. The FBI investigations, Louisville got away with it. And Mac was cleared of everything. And I'm not a biggest Chris Mack fan. I support him when he was here, but he was gone. I'm like, all right, whatever, he's gone. Because he could have done different things. I don't think Mack got the support he needed, but also didn't. Get, I don't think he welcomed the support he needed. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. They're going to fuck around. I'm telling you right now, you fans better chill out. You're going to fuck around. There's an old same old man would say. My dad would say, fuck around and find out. You're going to fuck around and find out when you force them out the door of inconsistency. Nobody wants going to come here. Then they're going to hire some jabroni from Af- some jabroni out here from Bum Pum Pum State or whatever that has never coached a damn thing. He's going to come here and try and do something. He's going to fail, and then we're going to be we're going to be a fucking DePaul. You better shut up and let this ride, I'm telling you. He kept Caleb Glenn. He got Curtis Williams. He's gotten Huntley Hatfield. He's got he kept Kamari Lanes. You know, he brought in Fabio Brasil. TJ Robertson, that point guard in the class of 2025 or four, that everybody was bitching at me on Twitter about when I tweeted that they got him because he was a three-star recruit. He just dropped 50 the other night. He's projected to move into the uh, he's gonna be a higher rate of four stars, gonna move in the top 50 by the time his senior year of high school. You stupid motherfuckers don't realize what's going on. And I'm getting pissed. Yeah, I'm pissed that they're losing. Yeah, I'm pissed they're two and thirteen. Yeah, I'm pissed off about it. I'm not fucking happy about it. But you damn right, I fucking got my little shit on. I got my little hat on right now. I got my little shit on my fucking walls. I got everything in it. Oh God. Just stupidity and fucking stupidness. Stupid shit every fucking day from you motherfuckers. You don't realize it. You know, you know, look at Munslin, what he's doing at Arkansas. 
yeah, I know. I would love that too. But Kenny Payne is going to do that. He's going to bring that culture. It just takes time. It's a marathon, not a fucking sprint. I'll tell you right now, you go ahead and get a petition to get Kenny Payne fired. And when two or three years, when he's turning around, things around, keeping receipts, I'm going to get back on fucking, you know what, I might even make another Twitter account and get on here and say, I told you stupid asses. Actually, I got somebody, I actually have a phone number of a curtain guy that I told here. That's, I'm keeping my receipts. I'm keeping my receipts with everything. Blah, 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 blah. That's it. Plain and simple. Don't care. Don't give a shit. Do not care. I'm Louisville first cars forever. And I don't give a damn. And I'm going to take my receipts on the little L's down y'all giving me. Because I got all my receipts and I'm keeping every one of them. See, the motherfuckers don't even know it. But anyway... Appreciate all the nice things you guys said about, you know, my girlfriend and I, the, our New Year's Eve and the TikToks we post about each other. Appreciate it. She's fucking great. And the reason why this show is consistently getting out here, I want to point out the fact it's her. She's been the one on my ass pushing it. Like, you need to do this to make yourself happy. You enjoy this and everything else. My conversation with the Shelbo thing she got from my little, um, my office here, my little, my table desk. It lights up and stuff. It's awesome, you know. She's got, you know, I got my little area up here, you know. I got a studio now with a room. I mean, she fucking took care of me. She's great. I don't know, and honey, you hear this? I love you, and I appreciate everything you do for me. Yeah. Makes it help that she's a, she's a hell of a woman, boy. Mm. Lord have mercy. Give me chills thinking about it. But... It is what it is, guys. Talk about a little college football. I watched college football playoff last night, though. I got drunk a little. Well, not drunk. I got tipsy last night. I drank a little bit. I held my limits and kept my things in check. But, you know, I drank a little bit last night and um, had a good time and worked and uh, watched TCU punch Michigan in the mouth. And Michigan had a chance to win that game. Here's the thing, guys. I People at work were asking me, and by the way, 2023, no more gambling. I am no longer gambling as well. You know, I'll start, you know, New Year's resolution. Here's my New Year's resolution. No more gambling. I quit gambling as well. I'm done with it. Finished with it. I'm done, man. You know, I was figuring out what, you know, there are, I never, I wasn't the guy that gambled like huge money, but I gambled a pretty chunk of change out of my ass, basically, to pour. I'm like, damn, like I didn't realize how much I gambled. I know guys that have, I know guys that I should never name as I've worked with over the last, they're, FanDuel's accounts that out of three years, they've wasted like twenty five to thirty thousand dollars on gambling. You can do it; it adds up, man. Over time, I haven't spent that much, but I've spent like in a year. You know, I did my losses. I lost. It was like it was like two or three thousand dollars over a year loss. That's a lot of money, man. Two or three grand in my life adds up. I mean, I make guy, I make a good chunk of money in my life, but that two or three thousand dollars, man, that's some. That's your, that's your car insurance. That's your mortgage if you have one. That's, you know, that's bills, man. That's two months of car payments right there that I, I could have paid I didn't have to worry about. You know what I'm saying? So, 2023, that's my New Year's resolution. Like, no more gambling. No more. Not, if we go to a casino, that's fine, whatever. But I'm strictly plain and simple. No more sports gambling. I'm done. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make a status right here and right now on Facebook. Um, no. You know, actually, I'll make it when I get up, but get out the, the thing. It'll be the first thing I do.
But oh, so but anyway, back to the college football game. Back to it. I watched. Uh, first off, I watched. Uh, um, I watched Alabama versus Kansas State, and Alabama looked like Alabama. Bryce Young went out with a bang. Um, you see Alabama's recruiting class next year. They got every guy. They every position there in the top twenty. They got every guy that they need a position in the top twenty. That top twenty in their positions. It's just fucking incredible what Saban does, man. You know, everybody says he's losing steam. I don't think he's losing steam. I think he's in a situation where he's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go out and recruit. You know, I watched Tennessee play Clemson the other night. Well, not watch, but watch the highlights because I was at work. You know, I was sitting there looking at Clemson and Dabo, and I think that Dabo's run's almost over. I think Dabo running his mouth about the NIL the way he did, I think it, it changed things. I also think North Carolina's getting better. I think Florida State is coming back, which is good for college football. Um, I also believe that teams like Wake Forest are slowly, surely getting better. NC State is on the brink of, I think, of making becoming competitively in it, and of course the Louisville Cardinals. And I'm gonna tell you why. Jeff Brom is a Louisville guy. He's gonna recruit. If Jeff Brom can win eight or nine games at Purdue, what can he do at the University of Louisville with the budget and everything else around him? That way he can make a living. I mean, not like make a living, but like the players he brings in. I just believe he's going to recruit. And look what he's got. The guys he's got coming in with his the class he got coming in. You know, everybody's talking about that Jake Plummer guy, that grad transfer he's bringing for quarterback. Jake Plummer, if you look at his stats, he's a, he's a solid quarterback. He's average. He's solid. The reason why he brought him in is just in case something happens to Clarkson, the, the freshman they're coming in, the top 10 quarterback in the country they're coming in, and Clarkson. And I think Pierre is going to be a stud. You know, they got some guys coming in that's going to be great. You know, I'll watch, you know, you know, they got great – they got a good running – they got two good running backs. They got good wide outs. I mean, it's – Louisville football is going to be the lore of getting back to where there is. Brandon Smith's got his medical um, – he got medical um, waivers to come back for a senior season. season. And so is um, uh, Montgomery as well. Eli Montgomery. Montgomery, <coughs> linebacker. You know, they do lose a lot. You know, Losing Abdul and Darby on that defense is going to hurt us. Losing Clark is going to hurt us. But we will rebuild and reload, and Louisville football will be. Jeff Brom is a Louisville guy, and he will be at Louisville to the day he retires. I really believe that. Jeff Brom is going to win consistently. The community loves him. We got a Louisville guy, football and basketball, the two most dominant sports of him, of all. That's what it needs, and it's going to change. And I'm excited. And we all know that what Adidas does. Adidas has got the – I think Louisville as a college athletics overall has got the highest contract with Adidas with money. You don't think Adidas is going to pour the NIL deals for us? Yeah. Three-stripe life, baby. Even though I wear my Nikes and Jordans, three-stripe life always, baby. Go Cards. I'm excited about football, man. But back to a college football playoff last night. And, you know, TCU played a hell of a game, I thought. You know, I, I told guys at work when this is when I segued off the gambling thing – I told guys at work, I said, Michigan's going to beat TCU and Ohio State's going to beat Georgia. And I said, Georgia, and I was wrong. I thought Georgia would pull away late and actually Ohio State pissed that game away. We're going to talk about that. But I stated that I thought I saw eight, a seven-half point, eight-point spread, and I said, TCU's going to beat, gonna beat uh, Michigan. You're crazy. No way. I said, TCU's going to beat Michigan. Sure enough. Sure enough. Plain and simple. TCU. Uh, TCU is uh, they beat they punched Michigan in the mouth and T- Michigan still had a chance to win the game, but of course you know it is what it is. 
You know, it was like in the, in the first the first quarter, the first quarter, you knew, you try to do this trick play, you know, you try to get cute with the ball, and you end up getting stopped for negative yards on a. I think they were trying to do a, like a, a flea flicker or 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 a, or a, uh, a double pitch. I can't remember what it was, but people watch the game know what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, TCU made plays with their defense. They got good receivers. You know, they fly around. They run the ball really well too. So TCU rifles serve. Congratulations. It's good for college football. It's good for the Big 12, too. Because with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC to lose, I mean, it is what it is. TCU could be the next thing. And I said what I – yeah, you heard me. I said what I said. I said exactly what I said. <clears throat> TCU is, you know, TCU's, you know, it's good for them. Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC to lose because if you really believe Oklahoma will have a shot with Brent Vrabels as their coach because defensively they'll get guys, Texas will not. You know, Texas is this program everybody talks about. You know, everybody talks shit about Miami and uh, Florida State being down. Texas, what have they done since Vince Young? They got one title to show for. I mean, they're Texas hooking horns and everything else, yada, 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 whatever. But what have they done? Like, you think they're going to go in there and just, we're going to go compete with Alabama? And LSU, Brian Kelly is going to get guys at LSU. I know Brian Kelly's pissed away a lot of New Year's bowl games, but Brian Kelly will get guys, and his teams will be ready to play somewhat. Tennessee, you see what they got? Tennessee has got the foundation. Georgia, we're going to talk about them, but Georgia, they're, they, Georgia, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee, you think they're going to let Oklahoma or Texas come in or do something? Please. Give me a fucking break. And South Carolina's got a shot, man. I like what South Carolina's got. They got some good guys there, too. So, is what it is. Now, you talk all this shit about uh, you know Georgia and Ohio State. Everybody said Ohio State. A lot of Ohio State fans. There's a lot of Ohio State fans here in Indianapolis, and they were talking like we're gonna beat Georgia. And I thought, well, I said I don't know, man. And Ohio State, when they got 35-24, I turned it off. Said, hey, turn the New Year's bowl game. New Year's. I told my girlfriend, I said, go ahead and turn the. I'm gonna go ahead and turn the. Um, the NBC New Year's thing on, and I said, it's over. And then, you know, I'm sitting there playing cards, and then my phone kept going off. I had my phone sitting on one, one of our um, our countertops, and I was sitting there, and I thought, what? She goes, your phone's going off. I said, it's probably ESPN. So she goes, well, go check it. So I get to go check it and look, and sure and hell enough, um, it said Georgia had the ball back late. They were, I can't remember, they were down 41 to 30 or something like that, and I turned it back on, and Georgia scored and saw it, and I was like, they're going to win this fucking game. And Ohio State drove the ball, and God bless that kicker, man. He shanked that fucking field goal. You know, I, you see him just like you feel bad for him. I feel bad for Ohio State, man. They pissed. Georgia didn't come to play it, and they got caught. And C.J. Stroud, that is the clear-cut number one pick in the draft. I like Bryce Young, but this whole thing about maybe Will Levis for Kentucky is going to be the number one pick. And this is not me being Wolf, and this is me being honest. When the hell is he ever playing a big game? Like, we saw what happened with Tennessee this year when he went down to Tennessee and they got their ass kicked. Like, stop. Stop, 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 stop. Just stop. The guy's never had a game where he's in me- a meaning game, he's thrown for 300 yards. He, he go- Will Levis, is the- I know they're going off his potential and the size. He comes in, he's going to be like Zach Wilson or somebody else. He's going to get somebody fired. Plain and simple. That's the pick. Like, Colts fans around here, some Colts fans want Will Levis. Let me tell you something. Will Levis. Will will get Chris Ballard, the general manager, fired, and some Colts fans want that around here with their their situation going around. He'll get he'll get him fired. He will get him fired like that. 
straight up. But man, you know, you know. So next Monday night, the final college football game of the year: TCU versus Georgia for the national championship. This is what I think: if Georgia shows up, ready to play, ready to rock and roll, they'll beat TCU, and they'll they'll start they'll put up they'll put up they'll light the fire and they'll get him. However, if TCU can run the ball, because Georgia's defense is good, but it's not the same as it was last year. If Georgia's defense, if Georgia if TCU can come out there and run the ball well, create some turnovers, shrink the field a little bit, take some clock away from Georgia, get some pressure on their offensive line and do some things like that, they got a chance. They, I mean, they've got that shot guy. They can win the game. I don't think – I think it will be a – I think it will be a 30 uh, – I think it will be a 35-38 game probably. It will be a high-scoring game. It will go over 70 – it will go over 65 points probably. I'm probably rolling with Georgia right now, but obviously at the end of the week I could um, <clears throat> I could talk a little bit um, talk a little bit about what happened. I could talk, you know, during the week I could do a college football special or something about it. But I don't, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't. I think Georgia's going to show up and play well against them. And by the way, I want to talk about college football. College football. Uniforms are incredible, ain't they? They're the best-looking uniforms in all sports, in my opinion. Georgia's all red, boys. Ohio State's gray with the sparkles. Michigan with their, their you know, their colors. And you got TC with that, that white and that purplish thing. Just, damn, college football's got some great-looking uniforms. Best uniforms in sports. So, now this being said, let's talk about the college football playoff. The college football playoff is eventually going to span, which it should. Here's my thoughts on the expansion. The 12-team idea... I think it's too much. My opinion is what I would do. I would go with six with the first two, the first two guy, the first two um, games, or buys. The first two seeds, excuse me, get the buys. The three, the three seed plays a six, and the four play the five, and the three has a the three and six is a home game, and four and five is a home game. That's what I would do. Or what I would, you know, and then the one and the twos, and then the one, the game, the other two games. When they play the one or two seed, then you play the bowl games. <clears throat> Here's what I would do, and this is what I would want. You do eight teams. One plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four plays five. And you make them the, the first round home games, home and home games, and then you do the bowl games. That's what I think. Twelve is just you're adding everybody now. You're going to get a team in there that's got four losses going to get in there. You just, you just know. I think it's eight teams. That's it. And also, we're gonna. I'm gonna do more talk more about college football as the season comes on. I got some buddies of mine that want to come on talk some talk some football, and I got some guys that I got in line. And also, I'm gonna make a big post on my Facebook page today. But I'll make it as clear: if you want to come on the show, all you have to do is ask. Now, I will invite guy invite people. Excuse me, always. But if you want to come on the show, all you gotta do is ask. I'll figure something out. We'll get you on the show. We'll talk. Plain and simple. Cheers as I take another sip. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah. Also, uh, by the way, I'm a big, you know, everybody knows me. I play uh, PlayStation games as well. I'm on PlayStation 5. So, on my PlayStation is Green Shelby 0310 You can add me on there. I'm going to let you guys know this. 2024, I will no longer be buying Madden. 
because college football is coming back, baby, and I can't wait. Now, I know some people are being negative. It's going to be the same game, injuries, Madden, and everything else. College football was made by EA Sports, so was Madden, obviously. They used the same game engine, but it was a different style of game. College football is going to be awesome. Now, with that being said, we got that undisputed boxing game. The beta supposed to be dro- the beta dropped overseas months ago, but I think the beta is coming first day access is coming on. Um, it's going to come on um, the U.S. here soon. That drops. I will be playing that because I'm a big Fight Night fan. Also, the Knockout Kings era. You know, people know I'm talking about the the PlayStation Two era of Knockout Kings. But also, you, those two games are there. But also, can we get a college basketball game too? Can we just give 2K, say 2K, make the rights and get us a, an NCAA game? Because let me tell you some college hoops, 2K7, 2K, those back-to-back games they came out with, they were fucking great. And, you know, NCAA, ESPN had some really, really good college basketball games. They had some really good games, but after a while, it just got, you know, the one with Blake Griffin on it that everybody talks about, that one was kind of dull and boring, I thought. So I just think, you know, it's just time. I think we you need it. You got the NIL deals. Get the lightness. And basketball games are not as hard to make as football games. You can take, say, okay, we're going to make a basketball game for 2024. You can start now, and it actually would be just, it would be on par with a football game because they don't take as much time. Now, obviously, adding more schools and stuff and everything else. I also think the NCAA with the video game market and the EA, they're waiting to see what the conference realignment looks, the college football alignment looks to, the playoff, to figure it out. I'm pretty sure they'll have some custom things. They also said they want to get classic uniforms involved. They're going to get classic stadiums, classic teams. They're trying to make this whatever. They're trying to make it the game because people know. People say what they want to say about canceled games, but college football, instability college football always gets brought up. And it's because it's a, it, it was fun. I never played ma- – from, from 2010 to the last – from no, I'm sorry, from 2009 to – no, I take that back, 2008 – until the last college football game, I never played Madden. I would hardly ever play Madden at that never play because I was a college football guy. You can ask my best friends, Kyle Lloyd and Taylor Stewart. You can ask them to this day. They would say, yeah, he would never play Madden. He would always play college football. I love college football. College football was a shit. It was the fun, the core, the way you can, the quarterback draw, you know, the Heisman mode you had with Barry Sanders and RG3 one year, you know, um, the way you can realign your schedules and conferences, the way you could recruit, and then when they got they start getting ESPN involved with their games and shit. I mean, it was a fun time. You know, you had College Game Day there with Corso making the picks. I mean, it was just a fun time. Like it was a good video game, good for the time, always fun. And I just think you know they pushed it back for a reason. They want to make sure it's right because the worst thing you can do is put a game out there that's not finished. Like most video games companies do nowadays. So it is what it is on that. I think that'd be awesome. So, you know, I don't know if we're going to... Nah, I don't think... We're, nah, we still got a little bit more things to talk about. So what are the previews for 2023 of this show since I'm giving you weekly... I've got bonus episodes now. If you didn't take in... This past Friday, I, I dropped my movie ranking of the year. I gave you my top 10 best movies. My top... My five honorable mentions to make the list. The five most disappointing. And the number one, the worst film of the year. And I also made a statement that next year I'm going to now. So here are the previews for the, the, this year on the show. I, at the end of the year, I will give you a top 10 movie ranking like I did last time with the honorable mentions, the disappointment and the worst film of the year. Those will go in that category. But I also know the comic book genre is big. I also know the horror genre is big with me. So 
I will do a separate ranking with top 10 horror films and top 10 or the top horror films of the year, which will be probably a top 10 list and second, a top, um, a, the, how many comic book movies there will be this year. I will give you a ranking of that as well. And I also think about ranking whatever TV shows I watch this year. I'll give you that. Cause right now girl, my girlfriend's coming on the show here. As soon as we've been watching Tulsa King on Paramount Plus with Sylvester Stallone, we're going to give you a review of that series. Um, I'm also planning on doing, get go, leading into the new Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones series coming out. I'm going to do something where um, we're going to do an episode. We're going to go, um, you're going to, <laughs> I can't even talk. We're going to go from, um, damn, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Come on, brain work. Oh, Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. Let me get a drink of Coke real quick. Coke you drink, obviously. Uh, um, oh, so the Lord of Rings Game of Thrones lead up to the House of Dragons Season 2 and the Lord of Rings Season 2. I'm going to watch each episode back to back. I'm gonna, Each week, I'm going to give you a, a leading up to it. I'm going to watch both series to get myself in tune with everything. And then, of course, I'm going to give um, get, put Game of Thrones and... Every week I'm going to watch an episode of Lord of the Rings, episode of Game of Thrones, and I'll compare them which episode was better, whatever. And then I'll, at the end of the year, I'll rank what season was better, what was better. Because they were both really – I watched both seasons. They were both really good. Both were really good from the standpoint I was like, damn, these are really good. <laughs> um, obviously, we got a lot of movies coming out. Maybe um, next week on the sh- – um, in two weeks, I will give you my top ten, my, the most anticipated films of the year for me, what I think will be good. Um, some projects you keep an eye on and stuff what we talk about like that but anyway so let's talk about this so guests on the show I will hit you up and see there's a certain film come up I've already talked to some people my buddy Kyle Perkins is going to come on here and we're going to talk about Ant-Man and the Quantum uh, the Quantum uh, you know talk the new Ant-Man film we're going to talk about that um, we're also my girlfriend's coming on we'll talk about Tulsa King uh, my stepson, Adrian Adams, and I, we are going to sit down and The Last of Us, the video game by Naughty Dog, is going to be on HBO Max. They're doing a series, and me and him are going to review that. And I got a buddy of mine, the Royal Rumble's coming up here in a couple weeks, which is right around WrestleMania season, baby. Oh, I love March, because March is March Madness, my birthday, and also the GOAT's birthday, the Undertaker's birthday is in there, too. I want to add that in. And, of course, you know, you get, um, you know, you know, get WrestleMania with the March Madness, everything's. The first week of March to the first weekend of April has always been great. Monday night in April is always great, baby. So, um, I'm going to talk a little wrestling here a little bit, but we're going to talk, me and him are going to review Last of Us. We're going get, to get him on here. We also, for example, like Super Mario Brothers, if you're a Mario diehard, die which I got a couple friends I think would be good, I would love for them to come on the show and talk. Obviously, you know, we got, you know, I'm DC films coming out, Shazam and Aquaman. So DC fans, hear me out here. You're a hardcore DC fan. Sit your ass in this chair next to me. We can talk and have a good time. Like let's get this rocking and rolling, y'all. On that. But that's gonna be a big interesting thing. And as a matter of fact, I gotta contact somebody today about the Royal Rumble. I just thought of the guy who I want to review it with. I had a guy in mind, but I just really thought about the person I need, and I got an idea. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about um, professional wrestling right now. I'm going to talk about one thing in general. For the people out there, well, there's a couple things. 
Brian Alvarez put this TikTok out here the other day talking about if you can't get Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, you need to book Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. No, time out. Stop. Stop. Or he said, if Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens aren't challenging the Usos for the tag team titles at Mania, you need to go with Roman versus Sami. No. This is what you do, Brian. Because you're you're paying you're paying your cards to you're paying your you're you you make Brian does a good I would say this about Brian Alvarez. Brian Alvarez has said some things over the years that I agree with and some things I don't. Now his partner Dave Meltzer, I've never been a big fan of Meltzer. I've never been a fan of him. I think he's full. I, I used to like Meltzer on some things. Like he would make some points. I'm like, okay, I agree with that. But ever since his AEW BS has started with the Young Bucks and everything else, and you know, I think he's turned to a. I think he's turned to a mark. I think he's turned into a mark of a situation of like everything the Bucks do is awesome. You know, he gave Jake. I remember there was a, last year at AEW Revolution, Ty Ty Mello, Ty Conti, right? not Ty Mello. She took on Jay Cargill in one of the worst matches I've seen of the year, the beginning of the year. Now, Jay Cargill, if you listen to my show, she got most improved because I think she got better. I believe I, I did put Jay Cargill most improved. I believe I did. She's gotten better. But that match was stink. It stunk because or it, the match stunk. And you can ask Joe Wynn, Price Johnson. Who the fuck was? Somebody else was with us that night, I think. All of us. And we all agreed. It goes, yeah, that match wasn't the best. That match was kind of bland. In my opinion, my humble heart opinion on this, you cannot tell me that match. Dave Meltzer gave it a three stars. Three on a, a star ratio from one to five, you give it three stars. It was like three and a half or something like that. I'm like, dude, are you fucking tripping? Ugh. Like that, like they're a little biased. Name. I mean, how are the, Mel- like, for example, Will Ospreay has got the record of five-star matches this year. Like, five-star matches. But he's got more five-star matches than Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, The Undertaker, The Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart. Can I go on and on? His buy it's just biasome. It's by if you and people are online saying, Well, they have good matches. Why not? Guys, there are some things out there that you cannot deny that he is not biased about. Like, you know, I listen to Jim Cornette's podcast and I can hear people right now rolling their eyes and groaning. Listen, I love Jimmy on his historic things of things he says. And I think he I do agree with his booking on wrestling, how wrestling should be taken more seriously. I don't get his rant sometimes some of the things he goes off on. However, Brian last brought up the point, like every time on the like back in the even the nineties, when Conan would have a bad match, it was always somebody else's fault. Not Conan's and Meltzer's sheets. Meltzer genuinely will protect the people he likes. And we all do it to a fault. But we also commit right and wrong, and Dave does not do that. Dave Meltzer used to report things as what he was being told or what he would assume what was going on. Nowadays, reporting things as facts. That's the problem. If you're a journalist in quote-unquote quotations, Dave, come on, let's be honest. Why are you reporting? You're reporting stuff coming out of your mouth as facts. You haven't be dunked. 
dedunked anything. In a long time. The only guy that dedunks anything anymore is Mike Johnson of PWI Insider. I think he works for PWI Insider. Mike Johnson, and he actually had a little thing, and he actually worked in ECW a little bit behind the scenes a lot of ways. Now, he was never a, a top-toe guy in wrestling, like a guy that did things, but Mike Johnson has done some work behind the scenes. So he has a little bit of this, but he, he's even taken on because I'm just a guy as a fan. Alvarez has said some things over the line, but he's made, his credibility has been shot over the years, but he does say some good things from time to time. Wade Keller is a piece of shit. Bruce uh, Bruce Mitchell, who is a piece of shit. Those that's the wrestling torch. Those two guys, I refuse to read anything. One Wade Keller is a liar and full of shit. He's a piece of shit. And um, Bruce Mitchell, Cornette was Cornette called Mitchell out years ago, and I'm thinking oh, he's just a guy from the Carolinas. He, you know whatever. Bruce Mitchell. When he wrote that article about Brody Lee's passing, about how AEW was hiding what really happened, this and that, and everything else, go back and go on YouTube and find the video of Jim Cornette talking about Bruce Mitchell on the the writing of of um, the the writing the wrote the article he wrote about or statement or article wrote about Brody Lee's death. Look up that video on YouTube and come back and finish the show and tell me that that does not change your opinion on what a journalist is. If that's not a piece of shit, because that's a piece of shit. And Wade Keller is a piece of shit for reading that article, noticing the article because he 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 looks at everything. Wade Wade Keller can lie. He looks at everything that's posted on that on his website or his newsletter, his website. He looks at everything. He's di- he's been he used to do he used to do St- Stone Cold Steve Austin's old podcast. He used to go all the time and do post reviews with Austin on pay per views. Yeah, he used to do that shit. And you mean to tell me that Wake he he doesn't go over everything? What he reads? He said on he said it on Austin's show. I nothing goes on my website without me double checking and looking at it because I don't want the fault of my credibility or my associates' credibility. Like Wade Keller has any fucking credibility going on my website and he read that fucking article and thought it was well enough and when he, the backlash came out about what a piece of shit he is look what happened so I refused to read anything poor Rest George and the fact that he that you know he got fired from, well Wade Keller fired him he fired somebody from the poor Rest George is like firing somebody it's like firing a fucking it's like firing a grown adult working at fucking McDonald's like that's something not to like. I well, I fired him for my job. You fired an associate. Shut up, Wade. You're a fucking idiot. You've been an asshole for years. You you printed false stories. You lied on people and everything else. Um, another and like that. Now there are some guys out there that are journalists that talk about things. Like for example, I'm a Steelers fan. There's one thing me and a Steelers fan, or two things. There's this guy named Mark Madden, and now I know people out there are rolling their eyes again. Mark Madden. There are only two things in the world we have in common. We're Steeler fans, and we like wrestling. Mark Madden is a fat glob of shit that is lied on people and everything else. Mark Madden's full. He's another guy. But he, you know, it's weird. He would he used to do Rick's show's podcast before Rick fired him and Rick treated him like shit and threw him off his show. And we're going to talk about Rick here in a little bit. I'm just going to go off on everybody today. You know, Mark Madden, you know, went out there and made – jokes and comments this is the same guy Brian Hillerbrand Mark Curtis a guy a former referee who was respected in the business who died of stomach cancer they threw a show in Pittsburgh years ago for his medical bills and you know he told the owner 
because him and Jim Cornette and Bruno San Martino had a heat, had some heat. He told Bruno or Jim said anything to him, or it came in close to him, he was going to sue him and take every proceed from the show. That's the type of guy Mark Madden is. Mark Madden is also the guy that kissed Eric Bischoff's ass to get a job in WCW. And he's also the same guy that used to make fun of JR's Bill Palsy and made some comments of JR about how he was old-fashioned, outplayed, and everything else. He made comments about JR and everything else. I don't know how I took that. I don't think he knocked his bell palsy. He said some he said some harsh things about Jim, but when he Jim came face to face with me, he, he apologized. Look at the little bitch he is. I just don't know. These guys are full of shit, and this is the, that's the problem. People listen to these guys and go off their word, like they've been in this business, like they worked. Mark Madden had Mark Madden's been on TV and shit. He was a guy who replaced Bobby Heenan on Nitro in WWE in the two thousands. Nice move there, Russo. Makes a lot of fucking sense. That's the problem. And unfortunately, social media has hurt even wrestling even more because people, everybody's got a voice now. Now, unfortunately, like that includes me too. I, I'm, I'm passionate about wrestling, but I believe, and this is my thing, I go off what I see in right and wrong credibility. You know, it's like I had a buddy of mine at work one time said, and I won't say his name because it's nothing, you know, it's not nothing with his name out there like that. But he said it best. He said, well, Shelby, it's fake. We all know that. I said, that's the problem. Everybody knows what it is now. The issue is people knew there was something going on, but they didn't want their intelligence salt. you telling me that people, and people used to believe. They used to believe in the Ultimate Warrior. They used to believe in Hulk Hogan. They used to believe in Ric Flair. They used to believe in The Undertaker. They used to believe in guys. That's the reason why wrestling is the shitty shape it's in now. It's not, well, it's solid, but it's not. Everybody thinks the wrestling business is phenomenal business right now. It's not. Guys are still struggling day to day, week by week to make a living. You think those GCW guys are living like fucking luxurious lives right now after beating themselves up with light tubes? No. AEW guys are living well. WWE guys are living well. You're working in Japan, you're probably making a good living. But let's be honest, you're working in the Indies, you're probably struggling a little bit. Back in the days when you had places to work and when business was thriving, you made a living. That's why I'm so hard on Tony Khan because Tony Khan has a chance with AEW to give a guy's a second place, an alternative, but he keeps recruiting, he keeps stabbing. Tony Khan is going to turn Impact Wrestling or TNA, whatever you want to call it, he's going to turn him into that because of listening to the wrong people. He's being a, he, he's a money mark. When you're a money mark, you have no business. Now, you're, you're, you've been a businessman with the Jacksonville Jaguars. you got a couple football clubs. I get it. you got money, Tony, but here's the problem. Why do you not have someone besides you outside of Chris Jericho, the Bucks, Kenny Omega? Why don't? You, why is there not a Kevin Sullivan there in your ear telling you, "Hey, you might want to do this"? You got Jake Roberts back there. Jake Roberts has got one of the greatest minds this business, wrestling business, has ever had. The problem with Jake is, and he said it, I have been straight all my life. I've made a lot of mistakes. But Jake has been clean the last 12, 13 years. Please watch the Resurrection of Jake the Snake documentary on Amazon Prime. I'm plugging that thing. It's one of my favorite documentaries. And I'm a big Jake Roberts fan when I say that, too, because I love Jake Roberts. I will sit back and listen to Jake Roberts' promos all day long. I love Jake. And he's got a great mind for this. He should be a booker right now, a writer. Why is Jake Roberts not insulting going through things? Hell, you've had DDP back there backstage numerous times. You don't think DDP's, DDP came up with some great gimmicks, great finishes, came up with a lot of things. You can't have him work? That's the problem. When you're the sole booker 
of one show. You won't have somebody there really to make decisions. Now, for years, obviously now with Triple H running shows, but Vince was the last word. But Vince had Paul Heyman, Pat Patterson. He had, you know, he had Bruce Prichard. He had Jim Cornette at one point. He had on for he had Russo because he could he could edit Russo. He had certain guys there to work. He brought Bill Watson. He brought Jerry Jarrett in. He had guys because he knew if he couldn't, he couldn't. If for example, he had an idea to work, but maybe Pat can fix it, make it make this idea work. Since Tony Khan does not have that guy, Jer- Jericho's never booked a day in his life. How 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 you can't you can barely you book yourself every time. That's the problem. When you're a guy on top, supposedly, and you're booking, that's not always a good thing because here's the problem. When you're the one if you're a semi-main event or main event guy and you're booking, but you're keeping yourself elevated, but you're get, bringing everybody up, you can do that. But it's really hard to do that because how are the guys and they're gonna say, well, he's the head booker. he's gonna book himself over. Why why would I do anything for him? Why would I try? You get a guy in there who's retired or on the brink of retirement who has a great mind for it and get him in there. Like, for example, Delirious. I can't know his real name, but people online know who I'm talking about. Delirious. He booked Ring of Honor for years. Why didn't Tony bring him in? Why didn't he sit, Tony? Why didn't, why didn't he say, hey, why don't you sit down and do it? And there's a reason why he brought Jeff Jarrett in. People on AEW do not want Jeff Jarrett on there. There's a deeper reason. Jeff Jarrett's going to work with live events and everything else. And Jeff Jarrett's been in this business for over 30 years. He grew up in this business in wrestling. Here's the reason why. Jeff Jarrett's there. I'm not so sure, Tony. I sit Jeff Jarrett down and say, Jeff, what do you think about some ideas? How, we, how do we promote matches better? How do we get how do we fill our arenas up? How do we work things out? How do we make how do we make people want to buy a ticket to see somebody get their ass kicked? I just you're doing the same things over and over and over again. It's not working. People are, there's a reason why. Every time the Young Bucks come on with Omega against the Lucha Brothers and Pac, and they're having good matches, I'm not knocking them. But it's the same thing. There's a reason why your audience is barely getting 1.2 million viewers and you're going back down to less than a million viewers. They're tired of seeing it. They want something fresh. Why is MJF, your world champion, doing mid-segments? Why is MJF not closing the show and opening the show? Either way. Why is you have no top heels in that fact? In this, you got the elite who are supposedly heels or babyface. We don't know. We don't know who the heels and babyfaces are on your program. Clear cut. You don't know who they are half the time. You got a young prospect in Hook who is Taz's son, who is talented and has a potential, but he has a long ways to go. You get a guy like fucking W Big Cass, W Morrissey, Big Bill, whatever the fuck you call him, you got him who's seven feet tall, backing down from Hook, who's barely six feet tall and weighs a barely weighs two hundred pounds. Like, where's the logic in that? You got a guy like Wardlow who got the TNT championship. He had a hell of a match with Samoa Joe the other night, and they beat him and they cut his fucking hair. You made him. It's bad enough you beat him. You beat him in the ring. And then you lay him out and you get more heat on Joe. You That's not necessary. What is that going to do? And then you bring Darby Allen, you make fucking Wardle look like an afterthought. Like, it, you, it's just bad booking, Tony. You can't keep doing this. You can't keep doing this. You're going to fuck this up. Oh. I'm just very passionate about things in life. I'm passionate about my family, my friends, a little basketball, a little football, 
Pittsburgh Steelers football. I'm passionate about horror films. I'm passionate about music. And I'm passionate about professional wrestling. I didn't grow up hunting and fishing. I didn't grow up, you know, going to church. I didn't grow up, like, you know, studying cars. I didn't grow up learn how to count, like learn how to want to be a lawyer or a doctor. I grew up wanting to be a coach. I grew up wanting to be a wrestler. I grew up wanting to be a, a radio host, similar to what I'm doing now. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to act. I wanted to produce. I wanted to direct a movie. I don't want to, that's, this is why I'm, and you wonder why I'm so fucking passionate because there's reasons like this. There's a reason why on a weekend, on, on a Saturday this past, last year in January, when this, when, you know, I first started doing the podcasting, I started doing it. You know, I drove to St. Louis, Missouri on three hours of sleep of working to go to the Royal Rumble so I can have, so I can, you know, experience a, my first ever dome show and my first Royal Rumble. There's a reason why I pay toll bills every time I go through Louisville, Kentucky so I can go watch Louisville football and Louisville men's basketball. That's the reason why. And I spent a lot of money on getting beat. I spent a lot of money on getting wins. But I'm still going to do the same damn thing. There is a reason why I work extra sometimes on the weekends so I can make sure I can go out and spend $100, $150 on a couple tickets to take my family or to take a friend or we can all just do it together. Because that's what I do. That is what we do. Plain and simple. And... Uh, when I segued off in this and whatever, I'm, I just now remember what I was going to. Brian Alvarez made that 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 point that point about what was going on. The logic behind this is what I would do. You're obviously Roman and the bloodline are going to turn on Sami Zayn. What I would do is this: Roman versus Owens at the Rumble. The Rumble. Owens, uh, Rowan, oh, I'm sorry, Roman beats Owens. Sammy comes down somehow, some way, and Sammy, Sammy gets gets wind of what's going on. Sammy goes down somehow, some way. Sammy gets involved in the match. Roman, they turn on him and they beat the shit out and they leave him land. Maybe not that night, but they leave him on SmackDown. You go to Elimination Chamber. Where is it in Montreal, Quebec, Canada? Sammy gets his shot at the world title. Roman Reigns for the for the world title, for the world title that night in Montreal's hometown. Roman beats him. Then you segue into tag titles. Sammy Zayn is not the guy to take those belts off Roman. It, it, as great as the story would be, here's the problem. the The only thing make it the only thing to make that story make sense is how long you gonna make him run. He's basically heel and be babyface. Who's he gonna work with? Because we all know who those belts are. Roman's saying those dropping those titles to. Roman's dropping those belts to Cody Rhodes. Now, it may not be WrestleMania. It might be SummerSlam. That's what I'm thinking. Because let me tell you something. They're talking about Roman getting one of the belts off of him. Possibly. Here's what's going to happen. Roman and The Rock is planning for Mania. They're, they're, that's the plan. That is the plan they want. They want Roman versus Rock and Mania if the Rock can do it. From what I'm hearing, it's 50-50, but last month it was looking like Rock was going to be there. Rock's going to show if Rock the Rock shows up in January, it's going to be Rock versus Roman WrestleMania for the world title. The rumor is that if that happens, they're going to have they're going to split the belts up off Roman. 
They're going to make one of the titles vacant, and they're going to have Cody versus Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins on night one WrestleMania in the, for that belt, for one of the belts. They're going to split the belts up, which I'm fine with. They need to take the belt. I don't know how they're going to figure it out, but they're going to figure it out. Now, you know, there's other things. There's rumors, you know, last week on SmackDown, Charlotte Flair returned, returned to beat Ronda Rousey. There's rumors of reason why she dropped the title to uh, she dropped the title to uh, to Charlotte because she doesn't want to do business with Becky Lynch. That's the rumor. That is the rumor going around. Here's the problem with that. Now Ronda is starting to become what everybody thinks she is—a piece of you know stuck up, know it all what she is. Ronda Rousey brings more credibility to women's wrestling in a long time. She is a draw. People pay to see her either show up and kick somebody's ass or show up and get her ass kicked. She got beat by Charlotte the other night. Here's what I think about this. They're saying that Rhea Ripley is going to work with Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. That is the plan. Don't be surprised if this is the first time we see Ronda Rousey get her ass kicked and get get a statement victory for Rhea Ripley. Because let me tell you something, that would be a great, great way to get Rhea Ripley over. Because Rhea Ripley, I believe it's Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, there's your four. Those are your core four women wrestlers. Now, obviously, the Liv Morgans of the world, the Raquel Rodriguez, who I think is money, um, Shayna Baszler's that crew that that crew is what you draw your four your four horse and Alexa Bliss you throw her in there they're 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 good what they do but you know those are the four and obviously you got the other people now I know whatever that but here's my thing I was really looking forward to Bianca Belair versus Charlotte for the world title at Mania and I was really looking forward to Rhea Ripley and Bianca. So we're gonna figure they're gonna figure something out because I think the women are gonna the women do a great job and I cannot wait to see what they're gonna plan with this because Triple H can, if anybody can figure this shit out it's Triple H he can figure this shit out for sure oh man that's good so um, Mania season's upon us the Royal Rumble is less than three weeks away from the, is less than three weeks away from tonight guys I record this on Monday morning Monday afternoon excuse me. It's just a, you know, got to be optimistic. 2023, the year of optimism. Be optimistic. Be happy. Do it. And all, we always need in this show, we'll end the show on this. Always call somebody and tell them you love them. Always call somebody and tell them, hey, you need anything, I'm there for you. Just tell them that. Also tell people that, you know what? Just be happy. Be positive. Send a prayer for somebody. Pray for somebody. Tell them that you love them. Tell somebody, you, you know, Somebody's down on the ground. Don't be afraid. Don't be. Don't be mean or shy. Pick. Give them a hand and help them up. They tell you no, then at least you did the right thing. When you're hanging out with your kids and you're tired, you're grumpy, you don't feel like doing it. And that little boy or little girl watches. Hey, you can go outside and play ball. I mean, get your ass up and go do it because that means the world to them. You can't sleep eight hours a day and function. You gotta get up your ass and get it done. The world don't work that way. It don't. Plain and simple. Anyways, y'all. Plain and simple. 
In closing, the first episode of Conference Show Shelby Green of 2023 as your regular episode. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is. Straight up.